0: Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, March twenty fourth, 2019. Our text for the day is Luke's Gospel, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 9, which are as follows.
1: At that very time, there was some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Salam fell on them, do you think that they were any worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. It was earlier this
0: week when I was in Lake Charles visiting (laughs) With my dear friend and mentor and friend to us all, Doug Ezel, who, and we were talking about things going on in the world and things going on in the life of the church and things going on in our lives. And as Doug and I were talking, I couldn't help but think about this week's scripture lesson. And it's amazing how much of the gospel that we miss. And when I say it's amazing how much of the gospel we miss, I'm talking about the non-highlight stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that doesn't have to do with Jesus' birth, doesn't have to do with the Last Supper, doesn't have to do with Good Friday, doesn't have to do with Easter Sunday, doesn't have to do with the Great Commission doesn't have to do with the Sermon on the Mount. But the stuff that really, I guess, is more the day-to-day stuff of our faith. And as Doug and I were talking, this passage came out because one of the great fallacies of the world And unfortunately, one of the great fallacies of the church. And this is a concept of which Doug and I were talking about. What causes so many of us from time to time to feel distant from God, or whether or not we feel it, we separate ourselves from God because we take ourselves too seriously. It's something that we do, and I don't think it's something we do intentionally. But it's something that the world drives into us with how we have stratified ourselves. And in this passage, Diane did a great job, and I could preach on everything she read. Because Diane had a part in there that is its own sermon. About the work about the work of the Sabbath and the hypocrites. And that's not the only place in the Gospels that Jesus uses the word hypocrites to talk to those who take themselves too seriously. But I think part of taking ourselves too seriously, this is where Doug and I were, as we were talking about things in our lives and things in other places, is that we get into the what-about-isms of life. We get into this idea that it's all about us. And Jesus was very, Jesus was not one who ran around just giving everybody a hug and flashing a peace sign. Jesus had the calling and the responsibility to tell the faithful the hard facts of life, even when he knew that they didn't want to hear it or it might cause him trouble. And in these first nine verses from Luke 13, we see but a few things that draw us to the idea that self-righteousness and Easter don't mix. And self-righteousness and Easter don't mix because if we think that we have earned it, then Easter is a waste of time. If we think that we have earned our station in life, if we have earned our station in the life of the Christian faith or in the life of the church then Jesus is a fraud and Easter Sunday is a waste of time. We can cancel the Easter Lily orders and we can cancel all the dresses and we can cancel all the cute little boy stuff and we can cancel the Easter egg hunt and we can cancel all that because if it's about what we've done, then Easter is a fraud. And you see that because Jesus is in the midst of talking with his disciples and there was a lot of purity there. And a lot of, we didn't want anybody else associated with us. And we didn't want a lot of people that weren't our kind of people, wink, wink, to inherit and to be a part of our status with God, part of our place. And Pilate, the governor of the state, had mingled blood that wasn't theirs with their sacrifices And there was a bit of an uproar. And Jesus said, do you think because these Galileans suffered in this way they were worse sinners than you? I think not. I tell you, unless you repent, you will all perish as they do. First thing we must remember is that self-awareness is crucial, is essential to the Christian faith. Self-awareness is essential to the Christian faith we cannot allow ourselves to have a either too high or too low of an opinion of ourselves and i want to come out for a minute and say something to those of you who may feel like you don't matter to those who may feel as though they're irrelevant To those who may go, well, I'm just a nobody. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And if you feel that way, stop it now. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, that is a lie from the pit of hell. You are loved and treasured and valued as much in God's eyes as anybody else, no matter their station in life. And I want to, if I do nothing else this morning, to drive that feeling from you. Because God loves you. And I want you to be self-aware enough to know that God loves you, not because of anything you've done. And God doesn't not love you because of anything you've done. But it's not about you. Be self-aware enough to know that none of us have earned God's grace. None of us have earned God's love. And so if you feel as though you're not worthy of God's love, I got news for you. God loves you not because or in spite of anything you've done. That is why self-awareness is so essential to the Christian faith because the flip side of that coin is also just as crucial. Let us not think because we have a resume of Christian activities and Christian involvement and Christian giving, let us not dine out on our resumes. Let us be self-aware enough to know that none of that matters. Because we are loved by God all the same. And feeling too low about ourselves and the idea that God doesn't love us or having an overinflated view of ourselves and how God loves us, both of those are destructive to our faith. And they miss out on the fact that self-awareness is essential to the Christian faith because we all had better be aware of the fact that we are all in desperate need of divine grace and mercy that comes only from Christ our Lord. That is part of why we spend the season of Lent and a season of introspection and a season of reflection, is to be reminded and renewed once again of our desperate need for God's grace. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, but unless you repent you will all perish as they did. Our faith must transform our lives. Our faith must transform our lives. As I've mentioned in other places, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, once said his fear was... Not that Methodism would cease to exist, but that it would be a dead sect, having basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, lost its core, even as it kept its function. Our faith must transform our lives. Let me ask you this. Let me ask all of us this. Would we do anything different in life? if we were not people of faith? Would our morals change at all? Would our values change at all? Would how we look at each other change at all? It is possible, and I may get strung up for this, but just add it to the list. I'm going to add you this. And this is so crucial. It is possible To be a completely good and moral person and behavior and not be a Christian. It is perfectly, it is a perfect possibility that you could live according to the code but have no faith. But see, our faith must transform our lives. Our faith must put us in a position where we not only have a self a healthy self awareness of who we are but we must also see transformation in how we look at others. We must have transformation in how we respond to others. We must have transformation in our motives, and in our actions. We must have transformation in every part of our body because we understand that it is not ours, but it is God's. We must be people who have the awareness of knowing that because God loves us and because we've accepted the grace of God and Jesus Christ, everything has changed. Because if everything has not changed, then nothing has changed. And if nothing has changed, then this is all a waste of time. Now let us be aware that this transformation takes time. Let us be aware of the fact that we don't just turn a switch. It is possible, but don't put that pressure on yourself. But let us day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, grow closer to God and closer to Christ, closer to one another, closer to our church, closer to who God has called us to be, because our lives are being transformed because of the grace of God that is at work within us. But then Jesus keeps going. Jesus has this, what can be described as an annoying habit of keeping going. Because he says... Or those 18 who were killed when the tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Repent is an action word. Repent is about turning away. Confession is not the same As repentance, you can make a list of all the ways in which you're unworthy. You can go through the Lenten disciplines and figure out how many different ways we have not lived up to who God has called us to be. But if we all we do is make a list, and if all we do is realize how unworthy we are, but we do not change, if we do not turn away from a life of sin and death, failure to turn away from sin kills our souls. rather than being people who make excuses for sin, rather than being people who say, well, I'll never be perfect, rather than people being people who settle for spiritual mediocrity, rather than being people who settle for just being average. Let us, as we read in the last part of 1 Corinthians 12, let us be people who strive for the greater gifts. For in Christ, God has shown us a more excellent way. Failure to turn away from sin kills our souls. Let us remember that this gift of the season of Lent that we have been given as a season of preparing for the joy of Easter Sunday is about not only making a laundry list, not about knowing how bad we are, but saying enough is enough and we are going to turn toward God in Christ and we are going to turn away from sin and death. And then Jesus told another parable about a fig tree planted in his vineyard. How many of you have ever planted a plant and waited for it to bear fruit and it never happened? Aaron and I can kill a plastic plant, okay? I hear you. I know I have at least one master gardener in the house. Isn't it frustrating? When you do everything you can and that tree just doesn't bear the fruit. And we can lose hope. We can go, we've had that thing for three years and it's not bearing fruit. When can I throw in the towel? When can I give up? And Jesus says, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. The only time my thumb turns green is when Anna's marker drifts that way. But I know this. Sometimes the sweetest fruit comes from the tree that you've waited the longest to see bear fruit. And in this passage, you know, just like all of Jesus' other stories, this is not a story about a fig tree. This is not a story about fertilizer. This is not a story about when to cut something down. This is a story that Jesus is telling to those who are hearing him and to those of us who are eavesdropping 2,000 years later. That Jesus is not ready to give up on us yet. Jesus is not ready to give up on us yet. What Jesus is doing is reminding us all, that Jesus is still going to continue pouring everything he has into us to see us grow in our faith, grow in our love of God, grow in our love of neighbor, grow in love of our church, grow in love of all of creation because it came from God. And through the many different disciplines of which we also intentionally focused during Lent, God is doing his work within us because God is patient, but the clock is ticking. God is patient, but the clock is ticking. And we can't be so cocky, for lack of a better word. We cannot be so cocky in our faith that we think, well, I'll get around to it at some point, or I'll do this, or I'll I'll just... I'll wait. i got other things i got to do, and then I'll come back and I'll be good. Because at some point, the tree's coming down. And we know, we know that Christ is coming again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And we have a choice to make are we going to be people who accept the love of God and Jesus Christ our Lord? Are we going to be people who not only accept that, faith, that love of God, but we are going to live out that love of God because God has loved us and we're going to live lives of faith. We're going to live lives that are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We're going to live lives that are oriented around the cross. We're going to live lives that ask not what's in it for us, but ask what has God put into us and how may we make that manifest so that others may know the gift of God in Jesus Christ. My friends, God is patient, but the clock is ticking. Let us remember the rest of the story that Diane told us, where they were talking about healing on the Sabbath, and Jesus turns around and points out to them their own actions on the Sabbath as a way of remembering That self-righteousness and Easter don't mix. Self-righteousness and Easter don't mix. Because it's all about God. And it's not about us. That's why we know self-awareness is essential to the faith. That is why we know that our faith must transform our lives. That's why we know that failure to turn away from sin kills our souls. And that is why we do it. With a heavenly Urgence Because God is patient But the clock is ticking